Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Aquaman number 30, cover date November-December 1966, cover price 12 cents, cover artist Nick Carty, edited by George Cashton, featuring The Death of Aquaman, written by Bob Haney, art by Nick Carty. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! device that controls dimensional time reflex, whatever that is, orbits the Earth and occasionally causes the underwater city of Necris to materialize. When the Black City appears again, its leader, Mongo, orders the destruction of Alpha Colony, an underwater colony of surface dwellers. Confused? Don't worry, I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. We did it. What did we do? We beat the Sunday mowing rush. We sure did. We've never recorded in the morning, I don't think. No. Well, well yes, it's because we had an early morning. Yes. Yes. Um, you went to get your hair cut. Yes, and it looks beautiful. It looks so handsome. Boy, you look so dashing. My girl does a good job. She does. And uh, we've got the afternoon dedicated to the movie event of the season. The movie event of the season. Barbie, of course. Barbie. Listen, uh, listener, if you have not seen the Star Trek Strange New Worlds Lower Decks crossover, it is brilliant. 10 out of 10. No notes. I was so so delighted with all of it. It tickled my inner nerd so much that my inner nerd was just in the corner, just laughing belly up. I might watch it again. Oh my God, you right? It was great. It was great. And then the musical episodes coming up next week, they just are delivering. It, not next week. Specifically to us, 3rd. August 3rd. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They just, tar- we're their target audience. I, they know their audience. They are having so much fun with Strange New Worlds. I am just, I couldn't be more delighted. Thank you. If we happen to have a listener who was involved with that, which I doubt, but if we do... If we do, they're on strike, so they've got nothing better to oh, do than listen to us. True. Well, I just want to say God bless you for all your work. 
Yes. <laughs> Boy, we've had a week, haven't we? Well, you certainly have. Oh, yes. Well, I won't talk about work, but um, I will talk about um, about what I had expected to happen this mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. So I had, uh, when we were in Paris, uh, when we were on vacation, I had thought that, you know, I've always wanted to go to a silent retreat. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, reserved time for myself to go to a silent retreat in a beautiful place in Berryville, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Really lovely, real lovely. It's an abbey. Excuse me? An abbey, right? An abbey, yes. And of course I know it's a silent retreat, so I've never been on a silent retreat before. So I show up on Friday afternoon, and the intent was to show up on Friday afternoon between 3 and 5, and stay until Sunday at 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I showed up, and they were very kind to me, and they checked me in, and it was um, very sort of minimalism you know minimal uh, sort right. of yeah yeah cloister like yes um they have guest a uh, guest house and every guest has their own bedroom and bathroom and there's a beautiful chapel and each room has a beautiful view of the valley and the Shenandoah River and we can't actually see the river but you can see where it is over sure. the tree line and then the Blue Ridge Mountains and it's just gorgeous and it's a beautiful quiet setting and I was all ready to go, and I, I took a nap before dinner, mm-hmm. and then I go to dinner, and we're standing there, and, and we're all standing behind our chairs, and there are 15 of us, and we all stand there in silence, because mm-hmm. it's a silent retreat, right? As advertised, yes. And then we all said a blessing out loud, um, standard so blessing. So not silent. The blessing was not silent. And then they gave us instructions for, like, if we want to have water, just tip our glass up, and then we serve ourselves. And the, the food is modest, you know, it's very simple, salad, soup. Sure. Stuff like that. Um, but I've never eaten before in silence. Right. I can, can confirm, yes. So I have to tell you that in a room, a dining area, with, and the tables are like U-shaped. Long, short, long, right? Yep. So I'm sitting there. No one's making eye contact. No one is talking to each other. One woman was reading a book. But you're sitting there, and all you can hear is the sound of clink, clink. That's it, yeah. right? It was so not silent, unnerving. No music being played, no nothing. Just the sound of the of the little refrigerator over in the room, the occasional clink of of glassware as someone cleared their own place, and 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 just people moving about, not talking to each other, not making eye contact because it's sort of weird because you don't know any of these people, right? And so I. Then I went outside to play my guitar, mm-hmm. and I the only place I could find to sit was was close to the parking lot because you can't play your instrument inside. And I had this whole idea that I was going to go this beautiful silent retreat, lovely maybe some maybe some sacred music in the background, just sort of ethereal, you know, beautiful maybe some whatever you know chanting. I don't know, just playing in the background, mm-hmm. and I, a lovely reading room. I mean, it's just beautiful, right? And. Um, but I can't play my instrument inside. And I, you know I wanted to go and just spend... Yes, I've yes. had a busy summer. I haven't had time to sit down every day with my instrument. So I took my guitar, my classical guitar. So I go outside. I'm sitting out there. It's beautiful. I'm playing. But I'm playing close to the parking lot. So, of course, it's after dinner. And people are coming out to their cars to get their luggage, right? right. So it's beep, beep, beep. Trunks raising up. Stunk. So trunk going down. Beep, beep. As people are unlocking and locking. Their, and it's like, it's like a cacophony of sound, right? Right. A cacophony of sound. So not silent. Not silent. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, I've picked up my guitar for the first time in two months. Yeah. So I'm playing through standard repertoire and relearning it slowly, measure by measure, going back and playing it and slow, very slowly. And I look over my shoulder, and I realize there's a girl sitting on one patio, and she's with an earshot of me. And I realize I'm not alone. 
Mm-hmm. Someone is, she's got her phone, she's texting, right? She's quiet, but I'm not alone. She's listening to me fumble my way through my, my repertoire. And I realize I am, this is goes against everything that I wanted. So I played for 90 minutes, packed up my stuff, went into the room, got ready for bed, took a shower, and I started texting you. I said, I think I'm coming home tomorrow. I mean, my, my texts were much more comical than that. Mm-hmm. But, um, and so the next morning I got up, I did not sleep well that night because the bed is a twin size bed and tiny and not as comfortable. It's comfortable, really, but it wasn't as comfortable as our bed at home. Sure. We, we have like awesome bed. So um, I didn't sleep well, and even though I slept eight hours, I didn't feel like I had. Got up, had some coffee, went uh, to some beautiful reading as the sun came up. It was really lovely. I have this really nice book that I'm reading. Uh, and, uh, and it was a meditative book. It was like, it's called um, by Richard Rohr called, um, uh, falling upward. It's about basically about, um, the two halves of life. If, if nobody's ever read it and if this is, is an interest to you, um, it's, it's really good. It's written for men and women and it's really, it's written from a Christian perspective, but it's open to other, other religions as well. Very, very interesting. Cause he draws on works from Dalai Lama, from Buddhism and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Muslim, uh, Islam, Islamic faith. So anyways, this story is coming to a close. I went for an hour-long walk in the country, just lovely. I timed it so that I would be able to, I went back to my room, did my yoga stretches, got, you know, stretched from my long walk, and I timed it so that I could eat breakfast by myself. Mm-hmm. Took a nice shower, got shaved, packed up my bags, went to the kitchen staff and said, I just want to let you know I won't be staying for the remainder of the retreat. And she said, why? And I said, this is a lovely place, it's beautiful, and it's a silent retreat, but it's not for me. And I thank you so much. And I left my offering for the weekend there. And I came home. And I've had a wonderful time. <laughs> so like, oh. you're allowed to talk to the kitchen staff. Well, yeah, they do ask you because they're instructions. Like if, if, if you're not going to be present for dinner to let the kitchen staff know because they fix the meals for the number of people that will be present I at the meals. I see. So they do ask that. So I did talk to the kitchen staff. You so. couldn't just go to the table and turn your plate upside down. Uh, no, no. But I will say, I'll end the story by saying that um, if you're listening to this and um, and you're having fun and you're judging me, it's fine if you judge me. But because um, like, right, I, what did I expect from a silent retreat? Um, having never been to a silent retreat before, I kind of figured it would be something like, you know, you see on the movies, like the yoga retreats. Where right. It's all semi-silent. Semi- no, total silence, which yeah. was just... I would do a retreat again if it included like yoga, maybe if I could if I could book a massage, um, if there were um, uh, guided classes where you can you know do guided meditation and and where absolute silence wasn't strict. Yeah, I don't think anything like that exists. Maybe oh, there's oh, sure. a business yeah, there are wellness get, retreats. And I'm stuff kidding. Like that. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So anyway, um, so we, I've been home and been reading, playing guitar, spending time with my lovely husband, mm-hmm. watching Star Trek Lower yes. Decks crossover episode with. Strange New Worlds, which was delightful. So that was my weekend. It's a good thing that retreat wasn't under the sea because you know how sound travels there. That chewing oh. noise would be unbearable. Unbearable. Well, you, of course, then you have all the cacophony of the fish, all the noises of the fish. Yes. there. Oh, you know, reefs are very, very loud places. Yes. Mm-hmm. The ones that are surviving and not dying off in the global heat wave. Do you know how scientists can encourage life to return to reefs? Do you know what they're experimenting with? No. They record sounds underwater of live reefs, and that's like... It's all sorts of sounds, fish, uh, clicking noises, uh, grinding on coral, mating calls, all sorts of things. So they go to these bleached reefs, right? Mm-hmm. They take coral that they've grown uh, in labs. They, 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 they take the coral, uh, and they're not eggs, but they're the nymphs, and yeah. they grow them in labs, and they bring them back to bleached reefs, and then they submerge 
underwater speakers to make the sounds of living reefs. And they have shown that it actually encourages fish to return because the sound says to the other fish, this is an active live place that you can live and and, and do your life things in, you know, right. reproduce, eat, all that sort of thing. So do yeah. they hold funerals for the dead coral? No. And uh, so do one of those speakers play like Amazing Grace or something? be draped in black crepe. I just want to tell you something. Yes? I have decided that it is time for me to actually, um, we're going to do our wills. I mean, yes? like, I've been, I've got, we got an attorney and I'm going to actually program my funeral. I have decided after having done so many funerals for so long and I was asked to do a funeral recently for someone and they asked me to sing an old timey church hymn from like where the, the church that I grew up. Mm -hmm. and I was like, I swear to God, if I don't put this in writing, someone's going to sing, <laughs> I come to the garden alone or the old rugged cross at my funeral, and yeah. I will defy heaven and hell and rise up out of the earth and scream at my funeral if those hymns are sung at my funeral. I want I want to program my music. Do it. My mother did it uh, to the level of detail where she decided, without asking anyone, that her own children, all of whom are musical, would be far too upset to sing anything. And so the only person allowed to sing at her funeral was Dr. Husband. That is 100% true. probably more broken up than any of the rest of her actual children. Yes, of the three of you, I probably had the hardest time. <laughs> I loved your mother so much. We all did. Oh, my God. Okay, so let's get on with the show, shall we? Yes. Aquaman. Aquaman number 30. You are there for the Sea King's funeral. An excellent touch on the logo. We have a black wreath in on place the of the queue. Nicely done. And black crepe uh, drapery treatment and look across at Mira the top. in the background. I didn't notice her before. She's being consoled by Wonder Woman. Mira in the background being consoled by Wonder Woman. We have Batman, Superman, Hawkman, and Metamorpho as pallbearers. Yeah. Although it's not really a coffin, is it? It's just like a cement slab that Aquaman's laid out on. Yeah. Uh, and and um, for one of our uh, listeners, um, I'm going to refer to Mira as Mira, and you're going to call her Mira. Okay. Good. Why? Just because that's how I think it should be pronounced. Well, and that's the French pronunciation, but she's from another dimension, so who knows how her name is pronounced? Probably okay. like blah 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 blah. So if I know my one of our listeners is a huge Aquaman fan, yes, and so I invite him to smack me across the face like a knight. How dare you, Captain? I was going to say D'Artagnan, but how dare you mispronounce her name? Um, and I would take it gladly. <laughs> the mournful knell that echoes through the seven seas because water famously transmits sound better than air. Those famed sorrowful figures marching with measured tread in the underwater gloom. Can it be? Can the dreaded event have happened? Are the tides themselves really tolling? The death of Aquaman. We have a... Uh, an unusual looking figure here on the cover, or on the splash page. He's got a Batman cape and a... Uh, like a Genghis Khan hairdo, just a top knot with a ponytail. It's a real low maintenance kind of haircut, isn't it? I know uh, it's not because if he, unless he's bald except to the very top of his head, yeah, he's uh he's got to maintain that. Got to shave, yeah. Well, so do all of his followers. Mm -hmm. Farewell, Aquaman. He says, Mongo. That's his name. Mongo hopes you enjoy your stay within the crystal tomb, but never fear, it will only last for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> What's this beneath the sea? Strange structures, men walking about. Can it be a village growing on a reef? 
Now swimming down, two famed figures, Aquaman, King of the Seven Seas, and Aqualad, his teen ally. So, so, that's Ocean Colony Alpha. Oh, I'm sorry, you were going to say something. Well, I was just going to say, this is Ocean Colony Alpha. It's a human settlement on the floor of the ocean. Aqualad notes that it's not much compared to Atlantis. Mm-mm. Well, humans aren't really equipped to live, aren't really, no, aren't equipped to live underwater. Uh, But it turns out on land, there's limited room and food. Soon, we learn in 1966, the world's population will have to move into the seas, settle them, and raise crops. So it's not bad enough that we've destroyed our lands. We now need to move to the seas to destroy them, too. Sounds like a great idea. I'm glad Aquaman's behind it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Aquaman runs into Professor Larcher. His old friend. Professor Larcher. Who confirms that, yes, the seas cover most of the globe. They are the last frontier, and mankind needs them, and how? Sounds like that old twisted manifest destiny coming to rear its ugly head once again. No problem. There's plenty of room in the oceans, and Aquaman and his people are happy to help the humans settle the last frontier. Of course, they are still deeply in need of supplies from the surface, but... Uh, they hope to be self-sufficient soon. Yes. Now, I know you think this whole issue is going to be a ride at Epcot, but it's not. It's going to get exciting here oh, real soon. I was kind of hoping for the ride at Epcot. So speaking of Atlantis, Aquaman says, um, we better head back there fast, Aqualad. Mara will be furious if we're not home for dinner. Ha <laughs> wives, am I right? <laughs> that's what that's How what do you know, Aqualad? You don't even have a girlfriend. Oh, yet. Yet. Yes, hurry home, Aquaman, for deep in your watery domain, how can you know at this moment a strange space wanderer is hurtling closer to Earth's orbit? What is this traveler of the cosmos? Where does it come from? The answer begins some time ago on a planet at the infinite reaches of space. Finished! A machine that will control dimensional time reflex. Now to make the first test of it. Dimensional time reflex, what does that mean? Well, we don't get it explained, do no, we? No, it's like an Ed Wood movie yeah. dialogue. Mm. But before the genius who created the machine could test it, fate in the form of an exploding double star intervened. Uh-oh. By the uh, galaxies, the whole planet's being destroyed. So a world dies. Wah, wah. Yeah, but a piece of it hurtles out into the endless journey among the stars. This is like Superman's rocket from Krypton. Just. You, this must happen not quite frequently, right? No, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now and, then, uh, now and then, passing by the Earth and triggered by our planet's magnetic field, a strange beam stabs from it. A beam that lances down into the ocean depths, and where it strikes the seafloor, a fantastic city materializes. Necris, the, the Black, Black city. city. I suppose it's attributable to the fact that Earth is so much water that, it, that this Black City only ever appears on the ocean floor. But what if it appeared on land? What would that be like? I don't know. I mean, you would think statistically it would have to at some point. Well, yes, and if I remember correctly, these are water-dwelling creatures. Is that right? I mean, and have no, they have they have they have uh, suits. suits. Okay, so they could live on land. Okay, yeah, sure. Now, once again, recreated by the space wanderer, this strange city will live for the time when the wanderer remains near Earth's orbit. Scouts report occupiers on the reef nearby. We must not be closely observed. Destroy them! So to be clear, this city appears only when this satellite is around Earth. Yeah. That must be very unsettling. Yes, just like Brigadoon. Now, these uh, alien residents of Necris 
go out to investigate Colony Alpha mm-hmm. and kill everyone. They literally the kill end. all inhabitants and destroy their buildings. And destroy the whole colony. Yeah. All Earthlings are dead. Now, there's one young man, an Atlantean boy, who has been hiding inside a giant clamshell. He's probably just taking a nap, like me on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, and uh, hurries on to Atlantis to warn Aquaman, who, of course, as you know, is king of Atlantis. Right. So, Aquaman seems to know all about Necros. He says the Black City has returned again. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, this city has never appeared before in print, nor will it ever after. But I like the idea that Aquaman's on top of everything, that he's well aware of this city that appears and disappears. Well, listener will know once they hear this episode if we've missed something. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I, I did do some minimal research. I'm so... sure it was minimal. 15 minutes of Google research, right? Uh, Mira knows all about it, too. She says, ooh, that's awful. Thanks, Mira. <laughs> the only one who doesn't seem aware of is Aqualad. Well, he has so many distractions. He is a teen. He's a teen, and he's probably in school. And as we know, all teens are horrible. Aquaman explains that Necros is a strange city existing undersea, the home of evil beings ruled by a ruthless tyrant, Mongo. Right. Uh, Aqualad. What? Aqualad. But I thought Atlantis was the only undersea city. Aqualad comes from another city. He was uh, born outside of Atlantis and left on a rock because he had purple eyes. He's a mutant. And uh, his parents, I believe, were the kings of this other city. Well, I shall write a strongly worded letter to you the You should. Uh, Aquaman uh, uh, replies, I'm afraid not, Aqualad. Here and there in the ocean depths, ever so often, Necros appears as if somehow it moved from place to place. Perhaps the whole city is levitated by some powerful scientific device. And of course, as everyone knows, the capital city of Atlantis is Poseidonus. That's where Aquaman lives. But there's also Tritonus. That's where Lori Lamaris and the Mer people live. Lori Lamaris is Superman's college girlfriend. Perhaps you should write the strongly worded letter. Maybe I should. Mm. It can be a joint effort, I imagine. And we have such promise of stories that were never written. Aquaman says, I've walked Necros's streets tangled with Mongo and his evil legions more than once. Hmm. And now Necros is threatening the Seven Seas again, and we've got to stop it. Goodbye, Mira. See you later, honey. And she says, oh, Aquaman, please be careful. Now, this bothers me. What? She doesn't call him Arthur. Yes. He calls her Mera. Yes. That's her name. Yes. And she calls him by his superhero name. Right. Aquaman, which I think would actually be a Terran name. Uh, I think that, you know, Arthur, King of the Seas, yes, is actually his proper undersea name. Probably. Yeah. Maybe it's like uh, the British royal family. Like if they're in public, they would have to call each other Your Highness or something. I guess. The Duke of Blurbadub. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's a honorific Aquaman rather than calling him his name. Maybe. Plus, then you'd have to go into how is his name Arthur, blah, 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 if this is a reader's first issue of Aquaman. Okay. You know. Okay. Name recognition. Now, Necris is threatening the Seven Seas again. Yes. And we've got to stop it. Okay, so here we go. Now, as the two marine marbles ride out to the grimmest mission of their lives, little does Aquaman dream of the fantastic fate that waits to ambush him. Of course, Aquaman and Aqualad are riding their sea mounts, storm and sea imp. Sea imp. Um, 
shortly they arrive at Colony Alpha to find it destroyed and everyone dead. Mm. Aquaman decides that he's going to destroy Necros once and for all. Yeah. There's just one problem. He doesn't know where it is. He doesn't know where it is. So uh, he's going to use his undersea spy network and sends out a telepathic command. So now we meet a new character. He's not really a character. He's just a... Sure he is. Well, he doesn't say anything. Trochus. A big old sea turtle. A big old sea turtle. Uh, how can he help us if he even ever gets here? Turtles are famously slow, but I don't think they're slow in the sea, are no, they? No, no, they can swim very well. So Trochus has lived a long time, and he sees most of what happens down here. I'm asking him about those raiders. And Trochus does his job and leads Aquaman and Aqualad right to Necris, the Black City. Down the gigantic cleft of the canyon, the two aquatic aces follow their lumbering guide, and soon... Where the canyon floor broadens at its greatest depth, they come upon whale and wolffish. Yeah. I like Aqualad's mm-hmm. little exclamations. That happens a lot in comics at these times, especially in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, out of the Black City emerges a thing so fearsome that not even Aquaman and Aqualad, veterans of a thousand undersea battles, have ever looked upon its like. Well, it doesn't look that fierce. It looks like a giant one-eyed prawn. Yeah, like a mm. crayfish or something mm. with one eye. Mm. I mean, it's metal. It's robotic. Yes, well. Uh, sorry for the noise in the background. The cat's decided to come in here and eat. Yes, and he's... Get in the litter box and do all kinds of mischief. Yeah. Um, so, it's an android. Aquaman. Is that accurate? Because that would be a mix It's of actually a robots. robot... It's a robot. I mean, he calls it an android, which yeah. would assume that it would be part human, part part, or, or part, part living, something. part yeah. living, and, and then part metal or part inorganic material. But um, yeah, he calls it an android. But actually, I think it's more like a robot. Uh, suddenly, one of Aquaman's loyal fish subjects, specifically a great white shark, tiger shark, a tiger shark, tiger. sorry, attacks the android. Yeah, uh, Aquaman tries to stop it because he doesn't want the shark to be killed. But the shark is frozen in sp- in time and space. Yeah. Well, frozen in motion. In motion, which yes. is which can kill a shark. Actually, they have to keep moving. Really? Yes, they must. Go on. They even sleep while they're moving. Yeah, they have to because their movement actually moves water over their gills. Oh. Yeah. Now some sharks can actually. I think some sharks kind of bury themselves. There are sand sharks that can bury themselves and they uh-huh. move their gills. But sharks like tiger sharks and stuff, they have to keep moving. Huh. Yeah. Uh. Aqualad has to hide his eyes because he doesn't want to see the shark destroyed. Well, I think he needs to open his eyes and see it all with his own eyes. Yeah. yeah. But the shark is actually showing our gentleman how the android operates. And they devise a plan to defeat it. Uh, they distract the android. The shark escapes. Mm-hmm. And this android starts firing laser beams out at Aqualad and Aquaman. Aqualad's caught in the same beam. Yes, he CMP is is uh, in, immobilized. Aqualad is mobilized, and uh, that Aquaman um, grabs something like a weapon from the coral, a piece of just a big stick of coral, right, right, uh, and smashes that android's eyeball to p- bits, smithereens. But it still manages to grab his tunic. Which we learn is super tough. Yeah. Uh, so Aquaman's caught. The android brings Aquaman into Necris. B- 
before the throne of Mongo. Mongo. Who also confirms that they have met before. Yeah. But this time, Mongo has the upper hand. Yes, he says he's sworn to destroy all who invade the ocean world. It belongs to those who breathe water. Do they breathe water? I guess. Well, that's where I'm confused because they, they were, were wearing those shown wearing suits. scuba suits. Yeah. Um, uh, not to those land dwellers. How dare you invite them into my watery domain? And why? And where did he come from? Did he come from the other planet that this machine? If came this from? machine beams them down and moves their city round and round, maybe they disappear. Maybe they just sort of like disappear into some sort of dream nexus, and then when they reappear, they don't realize that they've been gone. Uh, Maybe time tracks. stops for them. Yeah, yeah, could be. But I'm just wondering what, like, <gasps> Mongo wasn't not... it called a time a time thing? Uh, the time reflex, time dilation, mm, dilution. Let's just reflex. call it a time reflex machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what this is. It is a transporter and time reflex machine. So what happens is, while it is in connection with Earth's magnetic atmosphere, it beams us down. The city appears out of time. And so for the dwellers of, uh, what's the name of this world? The dark city, the black city? Necris. Necris. For the dwellers of Necris, no time has passed. Right. But I'm just wondering where, like, he's not, Mongo's not from Earth. So did he come from this other planet that exploded? Was he there an undersea civilization on this other world? You know, for a very, very well-written story and well-drawn story, this has some holes in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's written by Bob Haney, so... Oh, no. Holes are to be expected. No, are you kidding? No. Because it's such a good, good story. It, it is. I, I'm really impressed with it, but I, I just wouldn't have thought of a Bob Haney story. Sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, Mongo suggests that Atlantis join forces with Necris and forever keep the seas to themselves. Mm-hmm. And together we could even rule the land. He says, never. I'll make no pacts with the evil tyrants. Nope. Then I shall give you more time to consider my offer. A lifetime. Ready the tomb of crystal. He says, do your worst, Mongo. I'll never reconsider my decision. Perhaps a few days or years within the crystal tomb will change your mind. Seal him up. What a strange thing this crystal tomb is. It's a cunning prison, eh, Aquaman? Mm -hmm. Fresh seawater and nutrients pass through its crystal Uh, structure. Not nutrients. Nutriments. Nutriments pass through the crystal structure. Thus, you can live for years inside it, but you can't pass out of it. Where so does I, he poop? Well, that's, that's what my... I was going to just say. This this crystal palace or this crystal tomb, right? Um, so I guess there are micropores yes. in the crystal tomb that allow nutrients. So so Aquaman's going to have to sift the water to gather nutrients and nutriments. Hope, nutriments. Thank you. And also hope that his solid waste is broken down in such a way that it'll be able to pass, pass, pass through. right out. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, nutriment is actually a word. I just looked it up, but okay. that just surprised me. So they say farewell, Aquaman. Think as the vagrant tides roll you in the darkest depths of my legion, storming the very gates of Atlantis itself. So Aquaman plunges down, down, down a cliff into the darkness of the sea in his crystal tomb. Yep. And uh, all, of course, his first thoughts are about his people and Mira and Aquababy. Yeah. Also, why does he call the baby Aquababy and not son or Arthur Jr.? Yeah. Uh, maybe that's an honorific also. And I see the, the proper pronunciation would be Aquababy. Uh, uh, sorry. Sorry. Thank you. Um, Aquaman's trapped. He can't. Even his great strength is no use against the strange prison wall. No, but he can, ro- he can roll around in it like a, like a hamster in a, in a, in yeah. a bubble. Yeah. 
Just then, out in space, the wandering satellite that created Necros is suddenly hit by a violent solar storm. And once again, the strange beam projects from the satellite to Earth and stabs down into the ocean depths where... It changes the shape of the coral. Mm. Uh, Aquaman logically assumes that if he can get to that beam, maybe it'll break this crystal sphere. So like a hamster walking about in your living room, he uh, rolls himself over to the beam. But... Slowly, agonizing, the crystal prison bobbles toward the beam until... He made it, but wait, something else is happening. Oh, Oh, no. no. Oh, my gosh. Meanwhile, in Atlantis, Mera says, Aquaman captured by Mongo. Oh, no, my poor darling. Suffering sunfish, Mira, Aquaman will never escape. Nobody's ever been able to hold him. And what he says to himself... Oh, Aquaman will escape, sorry. Nobody's (laughs) ever going to hold him. But he says to himself, "I, I can't tell her... This time it won't happen. He's lying to her. And how does he know it won't happen? He's, he's not a, there. He's a teenager and he hasn't lived enough to really know what's going to happen. He is. It isn't. He has so little to draw upon. Just then, someone comes. It's Queen, the same boy that was in the clamshell earlier. Oh, he needs a haircut. Yeah, yeah. He looks like he's got one of those Arthurian page boy cuts. Uh, Queen Mera, the host of Necros, approached the city. And Aquaman isn't here to lead our defense. If only there was someone more powerful than Aquaman currently sitting on the throne that had powers to turn water into solid objects. That's what oh, I wait, thought. Oh, wait, there is. Yeah, there is. And Atlantis is doomed. Holy haddocks. I'm still here. You might not believe it, but I can fill Aquaman's boots. Call out all the defense units. Assemble all attack cadres. Yes, Aqualad. Why does it? Who is he? He's not even related to the royal family. Mara should be leading this. She's yes. a badass. Uh, well, Aqualad's taken over, but just then, guess who pops up? Oh, my God. Aquaman. He says, well, well, listen to the little sardine, give orders. <laughs> oh, wait, that should be your dad's voice. Do that, do that. Well, well, listen to the little sardine, give orders. Huh, that voice. Uh, Aquaman's here now. Aquababy is so happy. Da, da, da. And he's ready to lead the defense of Atlantis. So, he says, um, she says, oh, darling, I was so worried. And he says, there's still plenty to worry about, Mara, honey. This is the greatest challenge Atlantis has ever faced. Come on, Aquaman. Let's give Mongo a lesson you'll never forget. Now, Mara gives Aquaman a kiss for good luck, and we get a clue to what might be going on, because she kisses him wide-eyed in horror. With her eyes open. Oh and my. says, kiss me and go lead us to victory. I, uh? Now. Here's something weird. Yes. When we saw the people from ne- ne- Necros. Necros. I want to call them Necropolis. That's why I keep on um, stalling on this. Sorry. Necros. I really should do some research from writing down on a little index mm-hmm. card, shouldn't I? Yeah. If I really cared, I would. Yeah. Um, so Necros, um, the, when they first attacked the, uh, the undersea the colony, colony yeah. they were all wearing Scuba gear. gear, yes. Right. Here, they are out in the open on their little uh, aqua scooters. Mm-hmm. A- sorry, aqua scooters mm-hmm. with no equipment. No breathing equipment, no, nothing. just the scooter. Mm-hmm. Warriors on Necros, yonder lies the pearl of the undersea world. Oz for the taking. Forward. I just decided that's uh, Mongo's voice now. Hail Necros. What's that movie? The Wild Women of Wongo. Wild Women of Wongo. Women of Wongo. Dance. 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 Uh, Mongo is surprised to see Aquaman leading the defense. Impossible. 
He's imprisoned in the crystal tomb. No man could escape it. But there's no doubt who leads the defenders of Atlantis. A golden-haired streak in a famous costume. Aquaman orders the army of Atlantis to hold your formation. Hold. 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 hold, hold. hold. He says, now break. Now break, allowing the uh, Mongo's troops right on a dead course into Atlantis. Right, and of course, uh, Aqualad, who hasn't been paying attention to a no. damn thing, says, Aquaman, have you flipped your brains? Those kamikaze troops will blow Atlantis to scrap. Has Aquaman goofed and left Atlantis wide open to Mongo's vicious attack? And just how did he escape from the crystal tomb? Well, let's find out. Obedient to Aquaman's strange command, the warriors of Atlantis have split ranks to let the hordes of Mongo burst through toward the shimmering dome of Atlantis itself, but then... Leaping longfish! A big net hidden in the seagrass being raised up by a swordfish squad! Aquaman outsmarted them. He's got a cadre of swordfish with a net in their tusks. Mm. Do we call swordfish things tusks, or are they just swords? We don't call them tusks. Anyway, mm. the, tr- the foreign troops are trapped within a net. Mm-hmm. And uh, they try to break through. It's no use. Look at all of these Atlantean troops have long hair like that boy. Maybe so he was a sentry of some kind. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird, huh? And uh, the Atlantean troops are just punching through the net. But Mongo breaks through and makes it to the throne room. Where okay. Mira and Aqua Baby are waiting. Now, this I didn't like. Oh, by the way, I just looked it up on, on the Googles. Yes. It's called a rostral bone. Rostral oh. bone. Uh, billfish, like marlin and swordfish, are known for their characteristic protruding upper jawbone, also called a rostral bone. Rostral bone. R-O-S-T-R-A-L. Um, which they use to help stun and catch their prey. Okay. Okay. Um, I was disappointed here at first because these uh, Mongo's sent soldiers grab Mira and she thinks, with Aqua Baby in my arms, I can't use my hard water powers. Mm. Which made me angry because I would think she could just use her brain to do it, right? Not right. have to use her hands. I mean, I guess it's some kind of interdimensional magic that she uses, so maybe the hands have to be involved. But, clever girl... At least she gets her moment. Aquaman comes swimming up. She throws the baby to Aquaman as he catches his son, leaving Mera's arms free for the moment. There, you bullies! And she makes a couple of hard water shields and pushes those Mongo troops right away. She could do a lot more damage than that, couldn't she? Oh, sure she could. Yeah. Uh, Mongo tries to escape. Uh, Aquaman catches him and then passes out. Yeah, he gets, doesn't he get him. Doesn't Mongo get a good punch in or something? It doesn't... I don't think so. We don't know because what's going on. Uh, Aquaman knocks a dagger out of Mongo's hand. Yep. Mongo says, die, golden hair. And he dies. And he just d- passes out dead. So maybe Mongo has a superpower. Maybe. Well, who knows? I'm uh, just kidding. I'm, let's just assume that he threw a, a death punch. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Aquaman's dead. Uh, Mira cradles his corpse in her arms. They summoned Atlantean doctors who say there's no mark on him, but there is no doubt our king, Aquaman, is dead. And then we get two words in here that I love. I will sob. Sob. Announce it to the people of Atlantis. It is my duty, choke, choke, as their queen. 
Mira takes to the balcony like a Vita Perón herself. <laughs> People of Atlantis, Aquaman is dead, but he died a hero's death, saving Atlantis. Let there be a funeral for a hero, a funeral fit for a sea king. Now, I bet this funeral was pre-written in advance. Mm-hmm. Can't leave anything like that to chance. No, well. Uh, we have now the cover scene with our pallbearers, Batman, Superman, Hawkman. Flash is also there. We can assume Metamorphose, the shadowy figure behind. The lower torso. And, of course, guess who's not there? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Well, she was so busy. She's so busy. Uh, now, what's-his-face? Mongo has returned to Necris. And sees that Aquaman is still there, trapped inside the crystal. Wandering around the depths of the ocean. <laughs> but how? How is it possible that he defeated my troops back at Atlantis? By Necris. So, now he cuts Aquaman free out yes. of the crystal. Because demanding to know how you could be here and at Atlantis defeating my legions at the same time. You're just going to have to figure that one out for yourself, Mongo. Tell me, or by the depths I shall destroy you once and for all. And then he laughs. This seems like kind of a forced laugh. You're making me laugh, Mongo. Yes, laugh. Ha, ha, ha. I failed to kill you before back in Atlantis, but this time I shall surely succeed, actually. You did kill him. But he doesn't know. No, I failed to kill you before. Oh, he doesn't know, yeah. No. What's this? Is Mongo unaware of Aquaman's death and funeral? Suddenly... Swoosh! A hard water hand! It's got to be Mera! Mera! Aquaman, you're alive! I knew it! Oh, my darling, I knew that other Aquaman wasn't real, the real you. Right, Mera. And also wrong. <laughs> it really was I who led the defense of Atlantis, directing it from this crystal prison. All I know is that suddenly, as I some slumped, dejected, and exhausted in my wandering crystal cage, Great waves, a duplicate of myself, splitting off from my body, passing right through the tomb's shell. This is interesting because it's actually the duplicate that's giving that dialogue as it passes through the tomb's shell. I hadn't noticed that. Yeah. What a weird sensation. Though I remained in the crystal tomb, I was also free of it. Free to hurry back to Atlantis. I can direct that other Aquaman because he's really only an extension of myself. It's fantastic. I experienced everything that other Aquaman did. The battle to save Atlantis, the fight with Mongo, even his death, which must have happened because his artificial life only had a short span. Yes, darling, and even before he died, quote-unquote, I had a feeling he wasn't you. His kiss, it was so cold, so strange. That's why after the funeral, quote-unquote, something, some hope, drove me to search for you. Lucky you found me when you did, honey. Mongo was ready to... Hey, where is Mongo? He's gone. Yep, he's gone back to Necris. Like a phantom. Um, Now, Mongo can feel that the hour of Necris's vanishing has come. My lord, Mongo returns! So I guess he has a sense of when it comes and goes. Yeah, he gets there just in time, and the wandering satellite careens away. Mm -hmm. I guess to return someday in the future, but not in print. Sometime later, there is rejoicing in another undersea city. How can you be so gloomy, darling? Very few men are alive after their funerals. Well, he can't phantom. Fathom is Fathom. actually the word. Uh, the secret of that duplicate of me and the riddle of Necris. 
Whatever the answer, we owe that other Aquaman so much. He really did die a hero's death and deserved the funeral he got. I guess you're right, honey. Without him, I'd never have made it back to you and to Aqua Baby. Da, da, da. The seas conceal many mysteries, Rob. Mm-hmm. But now you know one that even Aquaman hasn't solved. The secret of the black city of Necros. When will it return? Never. 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 Hey, uh, did you read any of the letters to the editor? I did. Me Dear too. editor, I think you should create a heroine called Aqua Girl and team her up with Aqualad. Hmm. The end. Well, that's coming very soon, Rob, and it's going to be a go-go check, and it's going to be terrific. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, well, there's somebody who was complaining about him fighting monsters. Um, dear editor, Aquaman number 28 was an above average issue, plot and storyline, except for the evil monster or animal bit, which was a gorilla and an eagle in this issue. It seems that in almost every issue of Aquaman, he does battle with a type of monster. This is fast becoming trite. Oh, I want to change my voice. Okay. Okay. Hmm. It seems that in almost every issue of Aquaman, he does a battle with a type of monster. This is fast becoming trite. Give the aquatic ace some down-to-earth villains or crooks or secret agents to battle. Anything would be better than to see the ridiculous monsters getting the tar kicked out of them month after month. The same goes for robots, too. I thought that O-G-R-E, Ogre Story, March to April 20, number 26, was one of Aquaman's greatest adventures. But don't go overdoing the secret organization bit either. Mike Robertson, Maple Valley, Washington. Oh my gosh, I can't remember what Ogre stands for. Organization for General something and evil. <laughs> revenge. General revenge and evil. That's so stupid. Um, Ogre's coming back next issue, by the way, so don't panic. Yeah, I'm and say it, it again. Robert Welk of Chester, Pennsylvania writes, Dear Editor, I have one tiny complaint. Can't Aquaman get out of the water a little more often? No. Yeah, that too has been a uh, more prominent suggestion, which is why we gave you the ogre story a while back. We have some uh, more adventures in which Aquaman leaves the drink from time to time. Well, why? Because he's the only hero that can exist underwater. Does he have to get wet once an hour? Once an hour, yes. Hmm. And uh, I think the artwork, particularly this issue, struck me as really being dedicated to showing what it's like to live underwater. Like, no one has their feet on the ground at any time. I was absolutely enthralled with this issue, and that's rare for me to say. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Uh, it had an incredible drive to it. It just kept going and going and going. And there was not one dull moment in the entire sequence, even the little flashback to the origin of the strange thing that orbits the Earth mm-hmm. for, for per- periodically and, and, and creates Necris. I just liked it all. I really did. I didn't think any of it was really silly. I did not um, like that Mara... I, I would have preferred if Mara had been able to do more. Yes. Uh, but this is the 60s, and as yes, we've, as we've yes. said many times, unless it's uh, a, a volume particularly dedicated to a woman being the, the, the hero, um, this uh, is typical for you know something like the teenage boy to think he can take over. Sure. Um, so I would have liked a little bit more empowerment there, but I really did enjoy it. I thought the artwork was fantastic. The panels were great. I loved the close-ups, the, the far shots. Uh, and its energy was delightful. I mean, it, it, this is very unusual for uh, the kind of comics that we read at this time, I think. But, you know, more seasoned readers would probably think that I'm just myopic and, and I have my favorites. But this is now 
uh, I, I'm really looking forward to the next one that we read. Yeah, uh, you've yeah. grown. I have. Young I think Padawan. Because yeah. the first time you encountered Nick Cardi's artwork, you famously did not care for it. Really? Really? Huh. But huh. now just look. Wow. Yeah. Uh, dear editor, I think the best thing that ever happened to Aquaman was marrying Mira. But get rid of Aqua Baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> Have something happen to him so that he must be sent to dry land or to some phantom zone. <gasps> Why? Well, I don't know. But uh, spoiler alert, Aqua Baby does die later <gasps> on in history. No. Yes. Don't say that. Murdered by Black Manta. Black Manta. Oh, and Black Manta would become Aquaman's um, arch, arch enemy, right? enemy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, we've got the whole Sunday ahead of us. I'm so excited we're going to see the Barbie movie. Yes, with yep. our neighbor. Even. With our neighbor. Yes, we went to lunch with her, didn't we? Yes, we did, yeah. to discuss HOA drama. But oh, I won't go into that don't here. Don't even. No one wants to hear that crap. Uh, we can be found on social media mm-hmm. at uh, Go Go Check Pod. Oh, are, and aren't we going to... Uh, and we're going to Baltimore Comic Con, September 8th, 9th, 10th, whatever, the second weekend of September. Yeah, and we're going to have special t-shirts. Have a special t-shirt. There'll be checkerboard t-shirts. You'll be able to find us if you're so inclined. We're not presenting anything. We're just mm-hmm. walking around and seeing if a listener recognizes us. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, oh, sorry. Go back to the promotional stuff. You can find us on... On social media. Mm-hmm. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your free podcasts from. And you can find us right back here next week. Right. With Captain Storm. Captain Storm. Peg leg PT boat captain. Yeah. And uh, that's all I have. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this as we've enjoyed talking with you. Yes. And each other, of course. Yes. And yes. now it's time for us to say bye. bye.